Sukkot Sameach to everyone. It is good to see you. You look lovely this morning. That sounds a little weird, right? Normally I have to say you look lovely this evening, but you look lovely this morning. What a special day it is. Let me just welcome all of our King of Kings members here this morning and uh, all of our guests from uh, parts of Israel around the world, everybody watching online. Kings Community Live, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, those around the world. There are some specific people watching today I wanted to mention from Brazil, Finland, France, India, Indonesia, Ireland, Italy, the Philippines, uh, South Africa, United Kingdom, and United States. And so most of those time zones aren't too bad. So whoever got up early in the United States, welcome to Jerusalem and King of Kings. Very early uh, your time. So happy you are with us. A lot of special guests here today that I do want to mention um, just want to uh, welcome our dear friends, Ashley and Anna Crane. Good to see you guys. Of course, I think so fondly of your wedding that we were at together in Mevaseret Sion. So bless you guys from Australia. Welcome back. Um, Kathy, great to see you too as well. Thank you for serving in the prayer tower so faithfully there as well. Thank you. We have some great guests who are faithful members and, and participants and watchers from Austria. So anytime you hear me say Austria on Sunday, these are the folks that were watching from Austria. Bernie and Mary Franklin are with us. They're very faithful. Uh, they consider this their congregation, and they, they come as often as they can. So welcome back, guys. I can't wait to spend more time with you uh, later in the week as well. And there's uh, many other special guests. We have uh, Pastor Chung from um, uh, House on the Rock uh, in Taiwan. So thank you guys for joining us today from Taiwan. They're in the house, so welcome. And uh, I may have missed a few groups. My apologies, but, but blessings to you uh, there. Now, in addition to that, you know, Sukkot, as we just read, thank you, Paul, for a wonderful reading of the Parashat Shavua today. Um, you, you heard in that passage, especially in Zechariah, you heard um, about the nations coming, really the nations being required to come for the festival of Sukkot. That was a requirement that you will see fulfilled in the coming days. We're getting a head start on that here at King of Kings. Of course, you guys have joined us. We're very happy to have you. But in the spirit of the specialness of the day, we have lots of things special. One of the things that is very special is the sukkah. Isn't it beautiful, the sukkah that's up here today? So we are commanded to live in uh, booths and to observe that. Our family does it. Our extended family does it. The community does it. And I just want to take a moment to say a very special thank you to the family who put this up late last night after an event that was right here in the pavilion to get it ready for this morning's early service, the Carter family. Can we just say thank you to the Carter family? I know where they sit. You may not know where they sit. So I'm being careful where my eyes go just so I don't give that away. They, don't, they may not want to be pointed out on camera. I don't know. I know where they sit, though, and they, it leans that direction over there. Yeah. So don't look at that half. Look more on that half. But we're blessed. Thank you, Carter family and all the, uh, the kids as well that, that joined. And thank you, Ula, for helping prepare a lot of the decorations and getting us set. Ula helped us prepare what we call the lulav and the etrog. That's the four species commanded in the scriptures. And so you can see on the table behind me, I'm probably blocking some of you, but on the table behind me, you can see the four species are there. Now, traditionally, we would uh, all stand up and we would wave the four species together with the prophetic blessing. We will do that next Sunday night. The reason we're not going to do it today is because it's not quite Sukkot. Remember, we did something special today by giving you an early service, but in doing that, we got here a little bit ahead of Sukkot, so we're going to wait till next Sunday to do the special waving. So come back, bring your palm branches next Sunday so that you can wave with us with a prophetic blessing. So that's an invitation to everybody come back. 5 p.m. next Sunday, back to our, our normal time. Other pastors are in the house. Pastor Daniel is here, King of Kings Herzliya, as well as uh, Pastor Paul, Betzahor, and others, Pastor Derek. So many people joining us today. So in the spirit of doing things special and having special guests from the nations. Many of you know that King of Kings, as we've grown over the years and as the Lord has used us to bless others, we have grown as a network. 
We have uh, many congregations all throughout the nation of Israel. As a matter of fact, we are launching our newest King of Kings congregation in December. Isn't that exciting? We have a brand new congregation launching in December in the city of, I teased you a month ago. I didn't tell you what the city was. In the city of Modin. So we're going to open the congregation in Modi'in starting in December. The team is gathering. We're praying. We already have the ministry house is ready to go. So that's exciting that we will grow as a family uh, again in December. But in addition to what God has done here in Israel, occasionally God partners with us so deeply in relationships with people outside the country that they become part of the King of Kings network officially. And we have two such families today that happen to be from the nations, but they are King of Kings members. And so we wanted to introduce them to you for just a minute before we jump into the Word of God, uh, and we're going to pray over them. So first, let me uh, welcome Pastor Sarah and Charlie Lee from Orlando, Florida. Please come, guys, use the stairs. Come on up. And I'm going to give you a little background there. Come on over here to the middle so we can all see you. And also, I want to invite uh, Pastor Raquel St. Domingo. Come and join us, Pastor Raquel, from the Philippines, Diet Philippines. And uh, Raquel is actually here with a team uh, as well. Her husband, Larry, uh, co-pastors with her, and he is not able to be here this particular time, but he normally does get a chance to travel uh, with Raquel and with Lara, the daughter, who is so evangelistic and doing such a good job there. Now, let me tell you a little bit of background. I'm going to also invite uh, Pastor Mike and Melissa to come and join us as we pray over these families. My wife, I'm going to invite, come on up. Those of you, if you've never met my wife, I tell stories about her. There she is. <laughs> Sometimes people, they write in the chat. They're like, you tell so many stories about your wife, we never get to see her. Well, there she is, the famous Rebecca. All right. So listen, um, Pastor Raquel leads Connect City Church in Diet, Philippines. It is a rapidly growing community, and really where the Lord has been able to grow the community in the recent years has been in the young adult side of the community through a lot of work of your daughter, Lara. Now, she has actually been here with us, been part of our youth group and youth program from time to time. So we're going to pray not only for Raquel today and Connect City Church, we're going to pray for uh, the outreach of Lara and for Larry, who couldn't be here today. So keep that in mind as we pray. Um, and then let me tell you a little bit about Pastor Sarah and Charlie. They have recently moved from the Los Angeles, California area to the Orlando, Florida area in the United States. For those of you that know the United States, they went from one side all the way to the other. Maybe they were getting away from something. I don't know. Uh, you know, it's a little political joke there. You can laugh at that on your own time. Go find the news source you like to read about. But anyway, and what they're doing is they are establishing a, a new ministry in the King of Kings family called Kingdom Inheritance. Now, of course, this will be Kingdom Inheritance Orlando, which is connected to what we do right here in Jerusalem, which is called Kingdom Inheritance Jerusalem. So Pastor Derek, would you come on up? Pastor Derek is the director of King, Kingdom Inheritance Jerusalem. His wife, Rebecca, is here. I don't know if they had a chance to drop off the baby. It looks like, yep, here comes Rebecca. Thank you, Rebecca, for being flexible. It's great when we have babies. Is someone taking care of my baby? Okay, good. My wife is up here. Somebody corral that child. Very good. So this is Derek and Rebecca Chang, and they help us lead Kingdom Inheritance Jerusalem. They help us bridge the leadership with Pastor Sarah and Pastor Charlie with Kingdom Inheritance over in Orlando, and we're doing partnerships all of the time. As a matter of fact, Pastor Sarah, you and I get to teach several hundred Chinese-speaking leaders from all over the world just about every month, every other month. And so that is a wonderful thing that we get to do in addition to setting up the new, uh, the new prayer house. So couple of pieces of, of good news. Um, with Pastor Derek, uh, uh, Pastor Sarah has helped us to raise the money that was needed. Thank you, guys. Raise the money that was needed to expand our Kingdom Inheritance Jerusalem prayer house. Okay? So right at the beginning of 2023, we'll start showing you some, some pictures and some videos of the new facility that we're moving into so that when anyone comes from... Uh, 
foreign Asian nations. They have a place where, dedicated to them so that they can pray. At the same time, while we're up in the summit prayer tower and we're praying with all, uh, many other nations, the Asian nations have a place to pray, whether it be in, in Chinese or various languages, because sometimes they bring very large groups and we run out of room. So isn't that a great problem to have in the kingdom of God where you run out of room? And so these guys have partnered with us for these new ministries, even though they're not located in Israel, they are deeply part of our family. They are official members, and we just wanted to pray over you guys. We don't want to embarrass you any further, but we want to pray over you. So uh, Rebecca and Pastor Mike and Melissa, Pastor Derek and Rebecca, feel free as the Spirit leads you. Just come around them. Let's lay our hands on them. Friends, would you help us extend your hand? If you're comfortable with that, extend your hand. Just begin to pray in the Spirit or pray as the Spirit leads you over these mighty men and women of God. Hallelujah. Father, we bless today Raquel and Lara and Larry and all that they're doing in Diet in the Philippines. And Father, we, we remember that Larry has received um, new responsibility as he is now overseeing, I believe, over 85 other uh, groups in the area. He's been asked to oversee that and bring pastoral unity in the Philippines. We bless him with that new responsibility. We bless Raquel today as she is witnessing and discipling and teaching and gathering. We bless Lara as she is spreading the gospel amongst the young people. She's discipling them and calling them forward. Would you continue to give them prosperity and blessing, anoint the work of their hand, give them what they need to do what you've called them to do today. Let them move forward with signs and wonders, healings and miracles, God. Holy Spirit, we want you to fall on Raquel today in the name of Yeshua. Let it not work the same as it did in the past. Let it work in a new way with fresh wine and fresh oil today. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. And for Pastor Sarah and Charlie, we bless Charlie with his new retirement. Hallelujah. So now he can focus 100% of his energies on building the kingdom of God in a new way. Father, we bless Pastor Sarah, her heart to build a bridge to many nations, to develop relationships that we didn't have before, for her discipleship, for her encouragement, God, for her understanding of, of the word of God and being bold and proclaiming it, for being effective in the political arena as well, God, that she doesn't shy away from bringing the light of Yeshua into those spaces. God bless them, the work of their hand. We bless kingdom inheritance in Orlando for growth and for connectivity, for the building of the family there. Father, we bless them. We bless Derek and Rebecca Chang as they are set on the next stage of Kingdom Inheritance Jerusalem as the new space has become available, as we've raised the money to renovate it and launch into it physically, God. We receive the volunteers from the nations that want to come and help us. We need help. The harvest field is plentiful, but it's the workers that are few in number and we need help. God, we bless them today. Others, just speak out a prayer or a blessing if you have something for a moment. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, in the name of Yeshua, I want to thank you, Lord, as a Chinese representative. We long to see the true face of Yeshua will reveal to Jews and Gentiles. And we thank you. It's your grace and mercy that we can connect with the ministry and the family here in Jerusalem. They put this as their priority to review God of Israel here and nations. So, Father, we are new, and we thank you that you help us to plug into this wonderful family. And down the road, would you help us, teach us, and guide us, lead us, be a good helper to push forward this vision until your name be glorified in every nation. Thank you. 
最重要的意向，就是将耶稣介绍给列邦列国。谢谢你，让我们华人有机会在这样的家庭中有份与他们同行。求主来高抹祝福我们每一位，在这个学习的过程当中，成为我们兄长的祝福，成为以色列的祝福，成为列邦的祝福。奉主耶稣基督宝贵的圣名，阿门。阿门。哈利路亚。And Charlie and Sarah, just since the harvest. That you're anticipating is going to be different. There is going to be the harvest that you're anticipating, but then I feel like the Lord's saying there's going to be a harvest that you're not expecting that's in front of you. So God, we pray that the the harvest that you've placed in front of Kingdom Inheritance, Inheritance Orlando, Lord, that you would、uh, prepare their hearts, prepare their spirits, make their tent pegs strong, open those doors wide, Lord, that. They would be able to minister in so many ways beyond what they anticipated, beyond what they expected, Lord. That they would walk with power and with authority, with your confidence, Lord. That they would be able to accomplish your purposes in Orlando and in the world and in the Asian world, Lord. We ask that Kingdom Inheritance would grow, and that that harvest would be ripe and full. That they would be able to bring into your kingdom all that you have purposed and planned for this next season. In Yeshua's name, Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Father.、Amen. Father, give them richness on this current trip to Israel. What is it that you want to show them uniquely about this particular trip? They're here in obedience to your word during the Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot. There is a blessing waiting for them to take home. Reveal it to them today in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Can we give God a hand clap for what He's doing? Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bless you. Okay. As they get some hugs and they make their way back down, turning your Bibles to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah is where we will be today. The book of Isaiah. There's so many good things happening. You know, there's a few other. In addition to the Modi'in congregation,、um, there are actually a few other、uh, ministries that are、uh, wanting to connect to King of Kings, and so we'll keep you updated on that. And and just a little report from、uh, one of the new, newest members of the family. That's the Anchor of Hope Counseling Center in Benyamina. That location. Dr. Catherine is with us today, and of course. Uh, Ruth is doing a great job at the new location, so I bring you a great report of what's happening there. Baruch atah Adonai Elohenu Melech Haolam Shechianu Vkiyamanu Vhegianu Lazmanaze. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the Universe, who has sustained us, given us life, and enabled us to reach this holiday season. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen. Now you should become familiar with that little blessing in prayer because we try to say it every time we come upon a special commanded holiday of the Lord. It's just something we do traditionally. It's not a commandment, and yet it is blessing the Lord for His commandments. You know what I mean? It's kind of one of those things by saying thank you to the Lord. You're joining us today in the middle of a series that we call the Source. The Source. In the first week, we. We looked at James chapter one, and that God is the source of all good things. That's what the Bible says. Then we looked at Genesis chapter one, that God is the source of light and the source of life. We looked at Hebrews five, that God is the source of eternal salvation. It says it very specifically. He is the source of eternal salvation. And then in Romans fifteen last week, as we were、uh, connecting with. Yom Kippur, the source of hope, Romans fifteen. I will look at a few other scriptures, but if you'll just hold your finger in Isaiah, that's the majority of where we are going to be today. Is in the book of Isaiah. So let's start here, and I will try to remember. By the way, thank you for your feedback, your comments. Um, I get excited. I am so excited about the Word of God. You can tell my family. You can ask them. Is he like that at home? That's the truth. I'm as just as excited at home when we have our our family Bible discussions as I am right up here. This is not a joke. I don't put this on for you guys. I'm I'm equally excited. Sometimes she'll even be like, "Honey, you got to tone that down a little bit." 
at home. But in my excitement for the word of God, sometimes I go fast. And so some of you have lovingly said, Pastor Chad, is there a way that you could go a little slower? Because some of us don't speak English as our first language. We speak English, but not as our first language. And today of all days, when the nations have gathered, I will do my very best <laughs> to go a little slower in my English for you. But I do want to hear some very good thank yous online. <laughs> Give me some thumbs up, some likes, some links, some shares. Pastor, we love you. You did such a good job. I could use that encouragement. That would be great. And if you're joining us for the very first time, and you're thinking, why does he talk so slow? <laughs> I want you to understand, my mind is sharp. It's not age. I'm doing it for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now listen, I'm glad you're laughing because it's a day of joy. You know four times in the Tanakh, that when it speaks of Sukkot, it's a commanded day of joyous celebration. Did you know that? Like, what I mean is you don't even get a choice. It's the one time you don't get a choice. God is like, no, not today. I'm not having that attitude today. Get that out of here. It's a day of joy. You must rejoice. I know we're all going through something tough, but God is saying in this holiday, get above that. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Get above it. Let the, let the joy of the Lord wash over you. Is your problem real? Yes, it's real. We acknowledge that. But your problem isn't going to fix your problem. So don't focus on it. The Lord will fix your problem. Focus on him today. I told the ushers, Today is a commanded day of joy. If anybody comes in the lobby with a sour face and a sour attitude, you tell them they are not allowed in the sanctuary. It's a day of joy. So I'm, I'm glad to see that all of you made it past the checkpoint. That's good. Good job. Hallelujah. God is a good God, amen? God created the world good. He created humanity good. He gave humanity the authority to take dominion over the earth and to lead the earth and the creation into a prosperous existence. That's what God did. That's what God's plan was. That's what God's plan is. This is confirmed in Genesis 1, 27 and 28. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Adam and Eve were created with purpose. They had a plan. They lived in a place of peace and prosperity a place of blessing, a place without worry, without fear, without doubt, without insecurity. That's where they lived. They felt no shame. They had no enemies. They had no one to attack them. Can you imagine living in a situation like that? We will again one day. There was no one judging them. There was no one criticizing them. For those things did not even exist. And God had a plan that Adam and Eve would rule over the creation. If you've ever wondered the big cosmic question, why were we created? I just answered it for you. You were created to rule and reign over God's creation. Don't ever forget why you were created. That's why you were created. And that's what you're being trained for on this earth. You were never trained to survive. You were trained and saved and sanctified so that you could rule and reign over God's creation. Now, Adam and Eve had peace with the land. They had peace with animals. They had peace with God. As a matter of fact, in the Garden of Eden, in Hebrew, it's called Gan Eden. Gan being the word for garden. And Eden, even today, 
is translated in Hebrew to mean paradise or pleasure. So God named the garden he put them in. I made it so good, I'm giving it the name paradise and pleasure. Because that's what God wants for you. He doesn't want you to struggle, but he knows you will because of sin. So he deals with that. But that's not what he wants. What he wants is Gan Eden. He wants the Garden of Eden again because that was his plan A. It was the first plan. He didn't mess that up. We messed it up and never confused the two. So God created a world that was at peace. There were no hurricanes. There were no tornadoes and typhoons and flooding and tidal waves. There was no diseases. None of that existed because there was peace on earth. There was peace with the earth. There was peace with all of creation. But as sin entered the world, so came with it shame, guilt, evil, jealousy, and envy. Man forgot that his relationship with God was his primary relationship. It was the most important thing he was ever going to do was have that relationship with his creator. Man forgot that along the way. Man forgot about his own purpose to rule and reign over the good creation. And as insecurity began to come in, it changed the way man acted. You remember when Adam and Eve first sinned and they heard the footsteps of God approach in the garden. That means that God had physicality. It means he had enough physical presence to move the wind and move the leaves of the trees. So when you're studying Judaism, for instance, and you, you come across this idea that God is not physical, he is spirit only, you can say that's not what Genesis says. He was physical enough either by his body or by his ruach, spirit, to move the leaves in the garden. They heard the leaves. So he was physical. And all of the other days when Yeshua would show up in the garden, they would run to him. They, would, they were happy to see the Lord. But in this time, they sinned, and all of a sudden, they're ashamed. They're, they feel guilt, and they're insecure. And what do they do? They go hide from God because insecurity has now entered the world. Man became selfish, self-centered, and we began to work for our own security instead of working for the glory of God and the good of his fellow man. Insecurity stripped mankind of our peace and it replaced from peace, it replaced it with fear. Now we're afraid of everything. I'm afraid somebody might criticize me, critique me, judge me, not like the way I look. They might come against me, try to steal from me, attack me, undercut me, lie about me. It's, you have to kind of guard yourself all around because this is what mankind does, right? with sin driving the way. And at that point, the world and mankind began a slow process of decay because sin entered. And sin is like a spiral always going downward. It never stops. And this is what's dangerous for us as believers to ever allow sin in our life without getting accountability and repenting. Because the enemy wants you to think that you can just do a sin and you'll just kind of stay in a circle. One day you'll get out of it. That's a lie. You will not. You will never get out of it. Because sin doesn't do this in a circle. Sin does this in a spiral. Deeper. And then you're in chains. You're locked in. You don't know how to get out. And this is what humanity did. It spiraled down. But leaving the world in that state, was not okay with God. He wasn't okay with it, and he wasn't going to leave it that way. He has a nature of redemption, salvation, and restoration. And this nature would not allow him to turn his back on the creation and the children that he loves. Next week, I'm going to focus on that theme, Yeshua, the source of restoration. But today, as the holiday of Sukkot has arrived, it's a commanded day of joy. 
I want to focus on Yeshua, the source of peace. That's how he created things. You know, he didn't create things restored, right? You follow my, my vocabulary here, right? You don't, you don't start from the beginning with something that's restored. Restored can only happen once something was good, was broken, and then it can be restored. So that's why I'm doing restoration next week, but I'm doing peace this week because it started with peace. Now, Sukkot is the seventh holiday of God's calendar. Very important to note that prophetic number. Seven always means completion, perfection, the culmination of something. And so Sukkot is the last holiday of the year. That's why it's number seven, because it completes the holiday year. But in a prophetic picture, for those of you that have ears to hear this, Sukkot is the symbolism of the completion of everything God has been doing in his redemption plan from the beginning. Sukkot is the end of it. As a matter of fact, by the time you get to read all the way through the Bible, you end up in Revelation, and you're going to find that the final age, this heaven and this earth passes away. There's a new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem. There's no sun. We read that in the parsha. There's no sun. We don't need a sun because Yeshua is the sun. He's the light, just like he was in Genesis 1 when he was the light on day one, but the sun wasn't created till day four. You can see what he's trying to do. I created everything good. You guys messed it up. I'm going to work toward restoration. You look at Revelation again, we see streets of gold. We see the river of life show up again. We see the tree of life show up again. And God is just saying, hey, I'm putting everything back the way I had created it. And I'm putting you back the way you were created. That means you were supposed to have a redeemed body. You're not supposed to have this body. That's my excuse, by the way. I, people look, Pastor Chad, you need to get to the gym. I say, hey, I'm not supposed to have this body. I'm working for my redeemed body. That's the one I'm worried about. Yeah. You can use that excuse too. God's ability to create things good and to live at peace with all that he's created. And of course, so Sukkot, because it's the seventh festival that completes the year, also symbolizes the completion of all things redeemed at the very end. And so it's not uncommon that we refer to this day as not only the Feast of Tabernacles, but really it's, it, it represents the Sabbath age, the age to come, where everything is back to a state of peace. It's also important to remember the order in which the Lord gave us the feasts and festivals. Remember, God is a God of order. He is not a God of chaos, and he doesn't do random. He never does it on accident. There wasn't like a meeting in heaven, and he was like, yeah, I like the idea of Sukkot. Hey, God, where do you want to put that? I don't know. You know, pick, Just pick one of them. Should we do it as number three? Yeah, fine. Number three is good. Do it as number three. No. God had a plan. And he said, I'm going to give the instructions for Sukkot because of what it represents, the end of the age. Well, God, where should we put it? It's number seven. Does it have to be number seven? Yes, it has to be number seven, very specifically, to connect with the fulfillment and the completion of his work. It comes after Yom Teruah, the Feast of Trumpets, which symbolizes what? The return of the Lord. So that's why that has to come First, or actually in our calendar, number five, right after that has to come Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, which really prophetically is the Day of Judgment. Feast of Trumpets is the return of the Lord. Day of Atonement is the Day of Judgment because Sukkot has to come after that. After the judgment, the Sabbath age comes. And so that's what we're representing here when we celebrate the, the Day of Sukkot. But Sukkot has a lot... Of, of depth, it has more meanings. We're at peace with the world. Listen to some of these verses just to encourage you 
about what God is doing in his plan and where he's taking us. Revelation 21, three through seven. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and he will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eye. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega. I'm the beginning. I'm the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. And those who are victorious will inherit all of this. And I will be their God and they will be my children. I've taught you, King of Kings, many times. God is the great delegator. Everything he created, he's trying to give away. Satan wants you to think that he's trying to hold something back from you. God's history says, I've never tried to hold anything back from you. As a matter of fact, I've never even tried to hold, withhold information from you. Should I hide from my servant Abraham what I'm about to do? Genesis 18. Amos chapter 3. God does nothing without first revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. Revelation, if you want to know what's coming, read the book of Revelation. God gave us the plan. He's never trying to hide something. This verse is crucial because what it says is, I'm making all things new. I'm returning it to its original state of peace. And by the way, the reason I'm doing it is not for me, it's for you. I don't know if you heard that. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this. God's not doing it so he just gets a whole bunch more fame and glory. He's doing the process of restoration back to peace for you, for me, so that we get to inherit everything that he's created. We continue, Revelation 21, 23 and forward. Speaking of the New Jerusalem, what is it going to be like? It says the city, the New Jerusalem, does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. Remember, creation, Genesis 1, there was light before there was the sun, because it was the Lamb, and He is the lamp. I always like to point out when Yeshua says, I'm the light of the world, He's not being figurative. He's being real. He's saying, guys, literally, I mean, yes, I'm, I'm the light of the world spiritually, but I'm literally the light of the world. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor to it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no more night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. So we are returned to a peaceful state. You ever wonder why evil likes to hide in darkness? Because darkness was really never meant to be part of us. In the new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem, there's no night. There's no darkness. So Satan can't hide. Now he'll be locked up, chained up. We won't have to worry about him anymore by that point. But it shows you the contrast of what happened to the earth versus what God actually intended in the creation. Now, let's take a quick step back to summarize. I'm pretty sure that the believers in the house today, that you love the story of the ark, the ark of the story, that means the overall story of God's plan, right? It's pretty simple. Created paradise, paradise gets lost, okay? and then paradise is regained. Really simple ark story. Paradise created, paradise lost, paradise Regained. We love that. But the question is, how do we get from here to there? 
Because we're stuck in the paradise lost moment right now. We're trying to get to the paradise regained. We're a little bit sad about the paradise that was. But we get to go back to that kind of state. We can certainly not do this on our own. We all know that. There's no way to get from here to there on our own. We're the ones that messed it up. Our dirty hands can't be used to clean the dirty laundry. Right? Only somebody with clean hands can clean the dirty laundry and make it clean. It was God who created paradise the first time. We messed it up. We're the guilty party. We cannot atone for our own mistakes. So God is going to have to be the one that does this because he's the only eligible one who can do it. Our key phrase for today. We forfeited the peace that God has given us. We will have to go back to him to regain the peace that he intends for us. Friends, there's no other way to get this done. Isaiah, now we're to the Isaiah passages, chapter 63, if your finger was already there. Isaiah 63. God being the only one eligible to return us to paradise regained. Isaiah 63, verse 5. I looked, but there was no one to help. I was appalled that no one gave support. So my own arm achieved salvation for me, and my own wrath sustained me. You understand what that means? It means when sin entered the world and it started the spiral of decay and God's creation was no longer doing what it was created to do, God came to the earth and he looked and he said, who can help me fix this? And he looked at every one of us, past, present, and future, and he said, hmm, no one. That's how good we are, guys, by the way. No one. No one was good enough. And so God said, you know what? That's okay. That's okay. I'll do it myself. So God told us what he was going to do when he found no one. He told us. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 through 4. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after hearing of his ear, but with righteousness he'll judge the poor, and reprove the equity from the meek of the earth, and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked." It says God looked and there was no one to do the job, so he decided I'm going to do this myself. Here's how I'm going to do it. I'm not going to hide it from you. I'm not going to surprise you with it. I'm going to tell you exactly how I'm going to do it. I'm going to send a branch out of Jesse's family. Okay, he's not talking about David. He's talking about Yeshua. Out of Jesse's family. And when he comes, this is what he's going to do. He's going to bring wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, honor, justice, righteousness, and equity. That's what he's going to do. So it's not a surprise. God's never trying to hide from you. He's never trying to hide anything from you. As a matter of fact, he's doing the opposite. He's always trying to give you more revelation. The best way to get revelation is very clear in the scripture. Number one, spend daily time alone with God. There's no substitute for that. This congregation is not a substitute for that. Alone time with God. Read the word, pray, worship, and then be quiet. Why do you be quiet? Because what he says is always more important than what you have to say. Incorporate that into your devotion, the quiet moments. Be part of a community so we can sharpen one another and encourage one another. But it never takes the place of your alone time with God. Be part of a small group. Be accountable. We continue in Isaiah 11. It says, and in that day, 
There shall be a root out of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign for the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. So this idea in Hebrew is his rest. It's, it's from the word menucha. It puts the pronoun on the end of it, so you'll know it's his rest, right? You, you understand how Hebrew works. We have the word, and then we add the pronoun. It's his rest. What, is, what does menucha mean? It means rest or a peaceful place. Yom Zeli Israel, Rav Simcha Shabbat Menucha. It's a song we sing as Shabbat comes in. And it's talking about with the Shabbat, the gift of Shabbat, that we get a, a place of joy and a place of rest. And that's what God is trying to do. And he says that's what Yeshua is going to do. So here, the plan is being unfolded that paradise was created, paradise was lost, paradise will be regained, but the way to regain paradise is that God has to come and do it because we can't. So, so the way God is going to do it is he's going to send Yeshua himself in the form of Yeshua. He's going to come through Jesse's family. He's going to bring the long list of things that we just talked about. And one of the key things you'll know is that Yeshua will bring peace with him. Still in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And it even says, It says, if you were wondering what to call God when he gets here, just in case you were wondering, you will call him Sar Shalom, Prince of Peace. And of course, our series is called The Source. Yeshua is the source of peace. Now, let me just make sure you understand it clearly. It's not that Yeshua went somewhere else, got some peace in a box, and then came and brought it to you and said, here's your peace. You know, he didn't get online and order it from Amazon. And then say, well, you know what? These guys are really good. I love my children. Deliver some peace to their house. It doesn't come from anywhere else. You can't get it in your job. You can't get it in your money, your wealth, your possessions. You can't get it in your fame. You can't get it in your own mind with knowledge and and. and, and Wisdom, the governments of the earth certainly aren't going to give it to you. There's no other place to get peace unless you go to the one who created it. The creator is the source of peace. Remember, he created in Genesis everything in peace together. The land, the animals, the humans, the weather, himself. Everything was created in perfect order and perfect peace. The only way you get it is to go back to the one who made it. He becomes the source of it. He's not just the giver of it. That's what I'm trying to get you to understand. At first, it sounds slightly different. Well, he's the giver of peace. That's pretty good, right? But if you ever do geometry, remember a couple of weeks ago, I gave you this super cool geometry lesson with my hands. We're going to do geometry. Ready? Ready? Here we go. Even though things seem close at the beginning... If you draw a straight line, they end up being very far apart in the end. Yeshua is not just the giver of peace. He's the source of peace. It comes from him. He created it. 
He's the one that can bring peace to every difficult situation, broken relationship, and anything out of line in our life. As a matter of fact, Matthew 5 verse 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Why does he link children with peace? Because when you bring peace, you're acting like your father. That's why in that moment he said, if you bring peace to people, I get to call you my children because you're acting like your father. John 14, 27, Yeshua says, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Now, we see Sukkot as a holiday of the Lord that matches this prophetic word of I'm sending myself to you. He's going to be the one who brings peace. I'm sending myself to you. Call him Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, when he arrives. Call him Yeshua, our salvation when he arrives. But we see a connection between the arrival of the one who God said would be coming and the festival of Sukkot. And I want to walk you through that for just a minute. And since we don't know exactly when Yeshua was born, we have to look at the spiritual concepts and the symbolism in the scriptures to give us the greatest hint. Yeshua was born outside, right? In a temporary shelter, right? And we were commanded on Sukkot to live outside in a temporary shelter, a little bit of a connection there. Now, Yeshua was born during good weather. Why? Because it was the fall, most likely. How do we know it was the fall? Because it was a Roman census. And Rome, historically, and in their documentation, they only call a census in the spring or the fall. They certainly don't call it in the winter, and certainly not in Israel. Have you ever been here in the winter in Israel? It rains every day. It is freezing cold, and the wind will break your umbrella. Thank you, native Israelis who got that joke. Visitors, come back in January. There are piles of broken umbrellas that are put out in the street. The wise men brought gifts. Now, why in the world were the wise men even there? See, not a lot of people ask that question. They love to talk about the wise men, but they don't ask the question, what were they doing? They weren't randomly just walking across Israel with gifts. They were coming to Jerusalem for the commanded festival of Sukkot. They had gifts because that's the commandment of Sukkot. Don't come empty-handed. And on their way, they were met by the Lord. Said, hey, that star over there, go follow that. This is more important than where you were headed. Go over there. Another connection to the day and the coming of the Lord. It was a pilgrimage festival. That's why so many people were on the move. That's why between the pilgrimage festival and the Roman census, there was no more room in the hotels. Because the country was flooded with people because of these things. And that's why Yeshua couldn't, Miriam and Joseph, they couldn't find a place. So they had to go to a temporary shelter. You see the symbolism. The physical dwelling of God with man, as mentioned in Revelation, uses the same Greek word of tabernacling God with man. Revelation 21, verse 3, and I heard a loud voice from throne saying, look, God's dwelling place, his sukkah, from Greek back to Hebrew, is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. I can go further. That's a lot of good symbolism, and we're not saying that this is the in stone, the only way you can celebrate Yeshua's birth. I'm not saying that. If you celebrate his birth at a different time of the year, go for it, and let's rejoice that God came to earth. However, if you want to look at what lines up prophetically and symbolically, 
you're going to have a hard time beating Sukkot. Because so much of it makes sense. I'll go you one, one deeper before we close. Don't forget, what we do know is that Miriam was six months behind Elizabeth, Elisheva, when Elisheva gave birth to Yochanan, to John. So we know how far apart those are, six months. We know that Elisheva was, present, uh, was pregnant for at least nine months. I didn't figure that out. Just, just knew it. So then we go back another nine months. And we know that the angel visited Zechariah when he was inside the temple and he's only inside the temple for two weeks at a time because he's in the eighth order of the priesthood. King David set up 24 orders. Zechariah was in the eighth order. We know exactly when he was in the temple. So if you take his order, they get pregnant, nine months, another six months for Yeshua. Guess where you land? Sukkot. I'm not saying you have to do it this way. Do your Christmas tree however you want. All I'm saying is if you want a biblical connection to it, consider Sukkot. Consider a day that God commanded. Consider a day that God highlighted. Consider a day that God promised you my anointing will fall upon you on this day. And wouldn't it make a lot of sense that when God Almighty came to earth, that would be one of the days. And so today at King of Kings, Join us. We're celebrating the birth of Yeshua. Hallelujah. And now you see how it connects to the Prince of Peace. Right? The Prince of Peace has come. He was prophesied. He came. Perhaps today, this week, might have been that time of the year when the Lord came to earth. So we stop and pray. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you're the source of all peace, that we can come to you, that you're hiding nothing from us, that you're trying to work out good things in our life. Father, I pray for those right now that are struggling. Friends, do we have grace to just intercede for a few minutes? Let's do it together as a congregation. Let's intercede. Just if you... If you have a prayer language, just begin to utter the prayer language in your seats. Father, we pray for the sick in the house today. Anybody that has a physical ailment, we pray that you bring healing and peace to their body in the name of Yeshua. We pray for anybody with a, a mental handicap that you would bring peace to their mind in the name of Yeshua. We pray for anybody that's in the middle of a relationship turmoil that you would bring peace to that relationship in the name of Yeshua. Anybody struggling with their job, with favor or with finances. You would bring peace and prosperity because that's how you created them to be. Prince of peace, would you come and let your peace reign over us? Just envelop it. Let us have a season of menucha, that restful place. We were created to live in a peaceful world. That's why we struggle so badly to live in this one. Help us, great restorer, and sing your praises over us, God. Yeshua, we are so thankful that today you came to the earth. Maybe during the season, it, it might have been. Thank you that you looked around. And even though there was no one worthy, you did not give up on us. You said, I'm going to do it myself. And we don't really have anything else that we can say other than thank you. Thank you, God. Can you say that, friends? Say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We'll close with two traditional Sukkot blessings, and then the worship team is going to take us back into a moment of praise. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech Olam, Asher Kitshanu Bechazdo V'Tzivano L'Shev B'Sukkah. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us by your grace and commands us to dwell in the Sukkah. Baruch at Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Kishanu B'Chazdo V'Tzivano Al Natilat Lulav. 
Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us by his grace and commands us to take up the lulav, the etrog, the four species, and wave it as a blessing. My encouragement is this. Come back next week, 5 o'clock, back to the normal time. Bring your lulav with you, the etrog. Bring it all so we can wave it together. If you don't have one or know where to get it and you forget and then you're on the way, grab anything green and just bring it. Construction paper will do. Just grab something green. We're going to wave it together next week. And do me one more favor. With all of our honored guests here today, do me one more favor. The reason we, we did today's service at 11 o'clock was because on occasion, the holiday falls at the same time that a, the, the Chag and the service are at the same time. And that, that makes it hard for people to travel. There's no buses, there's no trains, no light rails, taxis are hard to get. So we thought we would try something. This is an experiment. So thank you for being part of the experiment. But what would help into the future is if you'll give me some comments about today. Just email the office, kkcj at kkcj.org. Go online, Facebook, YouTube, whatever you want to do, and send us a note. So we'll know what do you think in the future if a service falls on the opening holiday, is it better to go ahead and keep it right at that moment, or is it better to move the service a little bit earlier in the day. Okay, we'll leave it up to you. We serve you, but we got to hear back what you think so we can serve you better, okay? Would you mind standing up? The Prince of Peace wants to bring peace to your life, and he will do it if you'll give him a moment during this holiday season. Thank you, Pastor Ray.